Hi, this is Lindsay Miller, and you're listening to the Arkansas Times Week Interview Podcast on January 3rd. On this week's episode, we're going to talk about a ruling in the case of a fired Little Rock police officer, the latest in the Hunter Biden and Pope County casino sagas, and who knows, maybe some more. Uh, I'm joined, as usual, by Max Brantley. Good afternoon. Happy New Year to you yeah. and, and to all our listeners out there. 2020. So, Circuit Judge Fox this week ordered Charles Starks reinstated as a literate police officer, but with a pay reduction. Starks was fired last year after he fatally shot Bradley Blackshire during a traffic stop. His firing was later upheld by the Literate Civil Service Commission. Yeah, and I... Boy, this is... It, it's a hard case. You know, you, you, you have a person who's dead at police's hands, and and even most of the police who reviewed it thinks that there were some problems in the way Charles Starks handled the stop of this guy driving a stolen car. Didn't block the car in sufficiently and and didn't wait for backup and then, then moved in front of the car, which is something you're only supposed to do if you think it's going to result in the need to use deadly force. But the judge looked at it all and did it on the basis of the Civil Service Commission hearing and decided that while there was a terrible loss of life, that perhaps worse things could have happened had not Starks acted as he did. The car kept moving. The car struck Starks uh, and said that a a suspension for 30 days and a reduction in pay were sufficient. Uh, The city's going to appeal. I think it'll be... It'll be hard because ultimately this this case comes down to what went through Charles Stark's mind in a very brief period of time, less than a second actually, when he decided that, of course at one point I think he said he blacked out, but he said in one of his interviews that he was afraid that that, uh, Blackshire had a weapon and was going to use it. Turned out there was a gun in the car, but he didn't know that at the time he began shooting repeatedly into the car. And just, you know, I think there is a, a I don't want to use the word bias, but a, a, a waiting in the system on the behalf of police officers in these situations that if they say they felt threatened, that there's some evidence that that should enter into the decision on what you do to them when they use force. And that's what... And that's what the the judge did and said that it just didn't justify termination. So I don't know. Uh, Does it, did the city, will they appeal to the Court of Appeals or to the Supreme Court? It goes to the Court of Appeals apparently first. And and then it could go from there to the state Supreme Court. You know, there's a, there, there's a, you know, it's, I, I, I talked at some length to, to Starks, his lawyer, Robert Newcomb, yesterday, and of course, his view is is biased in favor of his client. I think he makes a pretty strong case that that the precedence here favors Starks. And the biggest thing in Starks' favor was four separate officers in the chain of command who said that he should have been exonerated. And also the prosecuting attorney, Larry Jegley, who said his actions that day were justified. And the judge said in the course of making his decision and overturning the firing that he didn't see either a criminal or civil liability on Charles Starks' part. 
there's a federal civil civil rights case pending in which they allege that he and the city, for lack of training, do have a civil liability. And, and that case is going to go forward and it'll get a hearing from another set of judicial eyes. This thing is a long way from settled. I think really that in some respects, not to minimize the loss of life to Bradley Blackshear, who, by the way, was not a choir boy. He had a criminal record. He was facing pending charges. He'd had a weapon before, so on and so forth. But none of those things were known to the officer who stopped him. Is the mayor's decision to get into this case aggressively? Uh, he forced out uh, a change in procedure, release of an edited version of what happened on video that day. Uh, I think it's fair to say that he's been viewed as, as something of a supporter of the family. He sent he sent words of condolence to the family on the outcome of this. He he clearly I think his police chief over overturned the lower officers and and ordered his firing despite the findings of others. The Civil Service Commission, which answers to the mayor ultimately because he appoints them, upheld the firing. The mayor had nothing to say yesterday, but th this one is kind of, I mean, it is viewed, and I don't think unfairly, as the mayor's influence got Starks fired. And and the mayor has said he was going to have a different day on police community relations and that there was going to be a less of a presumption in favor of officers who use excessive force. And, and I think that was welcome because I think this department has gotten away with use of excessive force too often in, in occasions when it shouldn't have. Didn't make the police union happy. The police union was very happy that Starks' firing got reversed. Um, they had hoped uh, that the mayor and city wouldn't appeal, but they are. The city is spending a huge sum of money to have outside counsel defend it from the Friday firm rather than using the city attorney's office, which is sort of interesting in itself to give you some idea of how important they, they view upholding this firing is. I guess the long and short of what all I'm saying here is this case hasn't, hasn't united the police force or, or the community on police community relations, which is, of course, the, the theme song of the mayor's administration. So does Starks go back on the force pending appeal? Well, that's that's not yet determined. Uh, they would they would want him to go back to work, uh, and I think that uh, the the city will ask that the judge's order be stayed pending the appeal, and so that's yet to be decided. Don't know yet. Don't know that yet. Uh, I think one interesting question will be what job he's assigned to. Uh, he will not go back on patrol. The chief chief will not put him back out on the streets then that becomes a problem because, I mean, he needs to be in a job. We've had some firings reverse in the past. There was a famous one, Sonny Simpson, who eventually became police chief, who uh, was demoted because he got on the outs with the chief, and they put they created a job as night jailer for him, which was not, was, was not a job at all. And so what, what they do with Starks, if and when he does go back to work, is going to be interesting because, you know, in some ways you would want, them to work out a settlement, you know, to pay some money and and to him and let him move on. Uh, but I don't know what's going to happen. Another interesting case is, is this case in federal court? Uh, this, this does not help the federal court case, what's occurred. 
and you do wonder if this will be a case that from the influence of the mayor that perhaps the city decides to settle as they have done before. This is the federal court civil Civil case. rights case and pay some money. You know, the city did that once before in the case of the father of the black police officer who got shot and the city defended that case for the longest time but ultimately they made it go away by paying I think all close to a million dollars uh, so you know there, there, there's still a lot of threads to follow in this case and, and the longer it lasts and the more it lingers the, the division that exists in police community relations and within the force itself just continues so it's a bit of a headache for the new mayor, I think. Speaking of threads to follow, a lot has happened in the uh, Hunter Biden paternity case since we last talked about it. Uh, there's a new judge. There's um, a petition to intervene by some two, nutty folks. Yeah, two nutty, two nutty petitions. Well, Judge Don McSpadden, who said he was going to treat this like any other case and move through it expeditiously, Suddenly, uh, on New Year's Eve, got off the case for reasons unknown. And so uh, the case then fell by the judicial plan in that district to uh, Holly Meyer. And she said she'll take the case. And she was intending to go ahead with a hearing the case next week. But now Biden's attorney has asked for a delay. He said the other judge getting off the case and saying it was off the docket meant they weren't prepared to go to the hearing. We don't yet know if the judge, the new judge, Holly Meyer, is going to say we're moving ahead with this and getting with it. You know, she can take a no-nonsense approach and get tough on Hunter Biden, and I think a fair-minded person could conclude that Hunter Biden is doing everything he can to avoid being brought to the bar of justice on paying for this child he apparently fathered. But there's some, there's some, there's some problems. Hunter Biden lives in California. He is, he is not totally beyond the reach of the court, but they can't drag him in and put him in jail for contempt of court unless he's in the state of Arkansas, which he currently is not. I mean, there are just some real procedural problems in, in getting him. And, and the judge can go ahead, have the hearing next week without Biden, uh, make the determination that he's the father of this child that's a little over a year old do the best he can out of the information he has on what a temporary support payment should be and order it. But then Biden doesn't have to pay it, and there's no way to put him in jail for not paying it. The the judgment will accrue. The money will accrue to some point where they can go after him and get it, but it doesn't necessarily provide instant help to the woman. This case is just kind of growing into a mess, and not the least because he's under Biden. He's the vice president's son, he made a lot of money at one time on the strength of his name, working for a company in Ukraine and working for a company in China. And now these two people, one of them a private eye from Florida and another one who says he's a resident of Israel, have filed these very strange intervention motions saying we want to talk about these ill-gotten gains he got from these, these private jobs. But the best I can see, neither of these things are relevant to a child support case. I mean, maybe he made that money. Maybe it was made illegally. The question is, does he still have any of the money to pay child support with? That's that's really the only relevant issue. And what he did to get it doesn't really matter in this case. But those motions to intervene are pending. Uh, the attorney for the woman, uh, London Alexis Roberts of Independence County, 
once Biden held in contempt for not providing all the financial information he was supposed to provide. Uh, it's just kind of a, it's just kind of a mess, you know, and, and it's it's caught some national attention, and and Republicans are promoting it because. It smears Joe Biden. It's kind of like it's reminiscent in some ways to the great Clinton Foundation snipe hunt. Everybody kept saying, "Oh, there's the appearance of conflict in the Clintons raising money for their foundation while she was a candidate." And, and I mean, I think you could fairly say that. But it just kind of lingers out there, and it just kind of smeared them. And nothing wrong was ever proven. Uh, same thing with Hunter Biden. I mean, I, I don't think there's any doubt he traded in his name. He's got, you know, a wife with an ex-wife with three kids. He's knocked up uh, his latest wife. He's got this paternity thing pending up there. He says he's not employed currently. He's had substance abuse problems. He lives in a two million dollar house in California and drives a Porsche. We don't really know where that money's coming from to do this. this. I mean, this guy's a walking disaster area. He's not good news for Joe Biden and. So uh, the tabloids are happy to follow this paternity case to wherever wherever it'll take them. So I, I don't know. And, and as I've reported, it so happens that the woman uh, who's seeking child support, as she's well entitled to from Hunter Biden, is represented by a lawyer with ties to the Republican Party in Arkansas. And uh, he, he has said, Clint Lancaster, that this is just a child support case and those political connections are just incidental. But... But but they're real. They exist. There's an appearance there, let us say. Okay. Well, moving on to another story that's fairly hard to follow unless you're uh, reading about it on a regular basis, and that's the Pope County Casino fight. Yeah, and I <coughs> I hesitate to get too deeply into all the law on this. Let's see if we can... Well, this much can be said simply. At the moment, the Racing Commission of Arkansas, which regulates casino gambling in Arkansas, has one pending application that seems to meet its standards to get a casino permit in Pope County, and that's the Cherokee Nation. Uh, There are a lot of people that don't want to see that happen. One of them, there's a group that's against casinos, period, in Pope County. They were the ones that passed the local referendum ordinance to stand in the way of a casino permit that got struck down by the court. They filed another lawsuit this week that said that the commission had ignored its rules by having a second application period after they rejected all the ones filed in the first application period. And and a judge today agreed with them. He said, you know, you just don't have anything in your rules that allows you to have a second application period. So he issued a temporary restraining order. The long and short of it is, at this moment, the Racing Commission will not be able to meet next week and award a permit to the Cherokee Nation, which the Cherokee Nation lawyers thought was a pretty good chance to happen next week. Even though there's also this Mississippi casino operator out there with a lawsuit that's on that's pending in court that said, well, we filed a legitimate application because we had support of a local county judge who was in office last year. And the Constitutional Amendment doesn't say anything about making the rules apply only to current office holders. We had a guy who was in office. He said he liked our application. It should have been accepted. So, but I mean, I guess there's there are two different court suits pending in Pulaski County. There's one suit on appeal to the Supreme Court 
the Racing Commission is currently enjoined from awarding a permit. If it's going to fix its rules to meet the problem the judge has found, it's going to have to go through the Administrative Procedures Act. As of today, I have to think you'd have to say we're several months away from the Racing Commission being able to award a permit in this case, at least. Okay, lots more court action. So all the actions in Pine Bluff were the where the Quapaws uh, slot machines are jingling. Which, by the way, I want to mention, because it doesn't get nearly enough attention, when voters approved Amendment 100 last year that allowed a new casino in Jefferson County and a new in Pope County and sort of legalized existing casinos at Oaklawn and Southland, it cut the state gambling tax in half. And we saw the results of that today. The gambling tax in December last year when Oakland and Southland were in business produced, I think, $32 million, and, and December this year produced $16 million. And that's with slot machines running in Jefferson County. This was a huge windfall for Southland and Oakland, which they're plowing back into big hotel construction and what have you. But they that this explains why they effectively supported the casino amendment, because it gave them not only legal standing and expanded real gambling and sports books and everything else, but a huge tax cut. Okay. Um, well, one more thing. Uh, over Christmas week, Governor Hutchinson notified the Trump administration that Arkansas would not take advantage of a Trump order that allows states to opt out of refugee resettlement. As a practical matter, this is not a huge deal because the refugee Right, and the initial reporting on that was really deficient on that point. They made it sound like it was a much bigger deal than it was. However, in the Republican Party of today, where immigrants are in such low favor, Asa Hutchinson gets credit for saying we'll continue to take refugees. Now... In the last years, last 10 years, I don't think we've ever accepted more than 12. So we're talking, and they've been pre-cleared and gone through an extensive process. You know, the big hoorah was overtaking Syrian refugees, and I think Arkansas has had a grand total of one over the years since this arose. But he said he would do it, and it prompted, but to give you an idea of why it's, it's not necessarily an easy thing to do is Senator Trent Garner, who's, you know, probably the worst person in the Arkansas legislature, I think, but issued a blast on social media saying that the governor had many questions he should have answered about the cost of the state, none, essentially, and other questions about these about giving some comfort to these people who are fleeing unimaginably bad situations in their homelands. And by the way, most of the people who get who are granted this refugee status are not Muslims. Those people we hate so much, they the two-thirds of them are Christians, so fleeing oppression in their homelands, I, you know. But I guess good for Asa for saying we'll continue to take a handful of refugees and bad for Trent Garner to saying there's something bad about it. And bad on Trump for letting states opt out. They've been getting pushback in a lot of states from religious people because believe it or not, the Christian Bible says you're supposed to comfort the afflicted. You know, the story of the Good Samaritan, I mean, that they used to tell you in Sunday school. I mean, if, if that means anything, we ought to be taking in people who need help. No doubt. All right, well, let's move on to endorsements. What do you have this week? All oh, my endorsements are, you know, they're kind of they're kind of reverse endorsements. I watched this movie, Diane, that a bunch of people recommended, and Mary Kay Place does a great acting job of this woman 
who just has all kinds of family <coughs> difficulties. It's a little independent film, and it was just it was just kind of a bummer, you know. It was just kind of depressing. I don't know. I mean, it maybe it was artistically depressing, but you didn't see any holiday movies. No, I didn't. I stayed home when everybody went to. What did they go to see? The, well, I watched. I did watch Marriage Story on, uh, on on Netflix on Netflix, and it was you know it was pretty good. It was pre- It started slowly, but it finally it finally got some motive for so it was all right. I haven't seen that yet. It's, I've, I've heard it's not a date a date movie. No, it's no, it's maybe, another maybe one. not one no, to watch with you. No, your... it's, it's another one. I mean. You know, I'm just I'm just a sap. I mean, g- give me uh, Hugh Grant and you know one of those Love Actually. Love Actually, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, just give me a rom com. I'm easy to please. So you haven't seen Uncut Gems? No, and and I and I it's because I just have a real Adam Sandler bias. I just don't like him. Yeah. And everybody says this isn't Adam Sandler, you know that it's a wholly different thing. And and it my is. son and my son Fritz, who's a real movie buff, and he, he and and it's not an Adam Sandler fan particularly thought it was really good, but I just I don't know. Yeah, I I saw it this week. It uh, as my buddy described as sort of like a two hour panic attack, but in a good way. Well, you know, it's, I mean, it's it, nonstop. It, it might be okay. No, I've been I've been watching uh, British. Uh, detective serials uh, like Shetlands and and Vera and you know just and just kind of taking in the British scenery and the windswept Scottish Isles and I get a lot of pleasure out of that uh, well if you if anyone out there um, is undecided on whether or not they could stomach uncut gems I'd encourage you to check out Good Tom which is the the Safdie brothers who directed Uncut Gems. It's their previous movie. It's on Amazon Prime and maybe some other stuff. It stars uh, Robert Pattinson. You know, it was in all the Twilight movies as a thief, um, hustler, ne'er do well, and this kind of one crazy night where he's trying to rescue his brother and score some money and do all kinds of stuff and. If you like that, then you probably like Uncut Gems, but you should be warned that Good Time is very intense and Uncut Gems is a good, like, 50% more intense. Wow. So. Oh, let me put in a kind word for District Fair. I often do the the meat market uh, in Hillcrest. Uh, I, they make uh, homemade Toulouse sausage, and you can get real uh, pork belly from them, and I use that to make cassoulet, which is Ooh. the great... The great winter dish of all time and I mean we got some actually you can get duck confit I saw after I ordered some online uh, from uh, Boulevard they make their own duck confit up there but we made a giant pot of cassoulet and it was with with the beans from my bean of the month club subscription <laughs> and it was fabulous you just can't have anything better on a cold winter day than a huge pot of cassoulet I ch- I've reordered my pantry this week and we have 19 pounds of beans. <laughs> All right. Of, of many different descriptions, 19. That's a lot of that's a lot of dinners. 19 pounds of beans. Do you have an Instapot? Yes, yes, we do, but I mean we cook them. I generally do them the old-fashioned way. Really? Okay. Well, we my wife swears by hers. We got um, we got one from my mom and aunt too. She cooks beans, and you know. I actually did beans, and my daughter gave us our instant pot for Christmas last year, and I did a bean recipe in it, and 
I don't know. I kind of like the. I like my own slow cooking in a in a Calphalon stock pot. I just I, I like that to come better. I'm just yeah. Just a traditionalist. Nothing wrong with that. Have you tried the meatballs at District Fair? They're no. Pre- oh no. They're dynamite. I, mean, I love meatballs. They put apparently uh, Brandon who runs it told me they put a ton of ricotta cheese. I don't usually eat cheese, but these didn't bother me. But yeah, they, they're the best damn meatballs I've ever had. Well, what I'm really looking for is what's going to happen across the street. You know, he's going to split his time at the Hill Station. Yeah. And it, it's it's, time it's just about ready. Yeah. I mean, it looks great. It looks fabulous. They spent a fortune there. I mean, they, they didn't do it half-ass. It's a, yeah. it's, a, it's a beautiful facility. If the food's half as good as the facility, it's going to be great. Yeah. All right, something to look out for in 2020. We'll be back next week. Uh, Subscribe where you, your favorite place to get podcasts. See ya. See ya.